everyone. How are you? Welcome to this week's episode of our podcast. It's called Is Breakfast Included? Thank you for stopping by. On the show today is a really big one for me. Uh, legendary guitar tech, Dallas Shoe. Most people know Dallas as being the guitar tech for the edge of the band U2. He also texts for Pearl Jam, Joe Walsh of the Eagles. Uh, the list is too long, but he's been around. He's been doing this since the early 70s. He's done it all. He's seen it all. Talked a little bit about his beginnings, his life, his gig. And man, we just bonded. Uh, I hope you enjoy this because I sure did. Let's check it out. All right, man. Tell everyone who you are. Hey there, all you radio listeners. <laughs> I'm the unimportant subject today. I'm Dallas Shu. I'm a guitar tech. Been doing this since 1971. Yeah. And uh, I love what I do. Work for this cat now, uh, The Edge. Work for Joe Walsh off and on. Yeah. And Bernie's one of my favorite people, man. And never met Bernie until, never, sorry, never met you until this U2 tour. And you're just a, you're just a solid guy, man. Thank you're you, man. Solid Thank guy. You. Good at your gig. Thank you, man. I, you means, fit with that us. means a lot coming from you. Believe me, you you, you know. fit you fit into our thing, man. And I hope I hope you're going to stick around. Well, really I do. So too. Uh, anyway, there anyway. you go. Um, where are you from originally? Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, man. Midwest. You know, uh, not a big family, and uh, athletic family. I came uh, from tennis. You know, uh, with the family, and that was my passion for years was playing tennis you know local level but from that passion <laughs> i mean i won't go off too long on this but from that uh fleetwood mac uh Wimmer's tour that was 71 six or something right? then the tennis players in the world the big ones they 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 started coming to uh our shows and so then they would let me hit with them briefly sometimes on center court in the way in the morning I, I think my point is, it, it, my guitar world, of course, is 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 mega, but so was my uh, athletic uh, times, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you want to edit this out, that's cool. No, no, man. That's I'm here to talk to you. Like I, when I talked to you about it, it was about this is about you, yeah, man. You know, uh, you're an interesting cat. You know, just in the I don't, I don't know if I can agree. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I'm that interesting, yeah. but I I thank you for the the yeah. compliment. So you 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 did a lot of uh like you said athletics when when you were young. I know you were you swim. Yeah yeah yeah. The if, if the the listeners might turn it turn this thing off by now, but 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 uh <laughs> I um I had um the uh, legs we built because of tennis hardcore tennis servant volley tennis and the rehab. Uh, was uh, swimming, uh, which I'd never done before. And man, I just took to it. And for years on tours, I'd have to organize an opponent for tennis or hire a, a hitting, uh, a hitting coach or, you know, to do drills and stuff like that, which I love. But once I got, once I discovered swimming, I didn't, I just needed water. I just needed an aquatic center all over the world. And somehow I just, I just love it. I swim four days a week. Uh, sometimes only three, but four days a week, um, 3,000 meters. And I love it. I'm a backstroke. I'm not real fast, but I'm definitely not real slow. And it balances me out with my stage 
uh, responsibilities uh, with this guy, especially with Edge. Uh, it's intense, man. Yeah. It's intense. And I love it. A lot of guitar, 18 guitars in this show. Yeah. 18 different guitars, 23 songs. But the swimming is where it's my solace. It's, it's my bat cave. You yeah. know? You yeah. find it like, of like, uh, like almost like meditating? Yes, Bernie. That's well, that's well sussed. And if there's a problem, which sometimes are with all that with his complex signal path, stuff can go wrong and, and how quick I can, it's not if I can, I know I will, but how quick I'll suss, uh, with his signal path, what fail, what is failing in this song right now? And in this, it, and then the next day when I'm in the water, I break down, could it be this? I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get distracted in the water by it too long, but. That's where I break down. Oh, I haven't tried this yet. Maybe it was that. Got to be careful as a backstroker because the this concrete wall's coming. So yes. if you start daydreaming, <laughs> yeah. which I have, wham, you know. But that's it's also a place uh, of of power in in, in some odd way uh, that helps me with my uh, gig. You know, I don't know if I'm getting way off with this interview. No, with, man. Uh, this is where this is <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I I like to hear. Uh, it's uh, some sometimes cats just. We'll answer the question and, and move on. So when you go into this, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe uh, did, before you started taking, did you play guitar before any? No, uh, uh-uh. is this something you just fell into? Uh, Manass- uh, Manassas, 1971. People don't probably remember. Uh, Stephen Stills in Manassas when he left uh, CSN, and he put together this band. And I was going to Colorado University, and I, I began participating in in their tennis program. The entity, the team folded. College pulled the plug on tennis and on baseball. Uh, it, it was a Division One school, but still they pulled the plug. And so it was only basketball and football were generating some degree of income evidently. So I had run out of money. I had run out of money for tuition. My, that, yeah. that my folks, God bless them, uh, be, began began with with me. But I I didn't have enough money um, to, f- to keep going. So I. I was uh, in an apartment in Boulder, of course, when I was going to school, small place. And I went over to the student union um, in Boulder, student union building, and they had index cards at that time uh, for employment opportunities or jobs on campus, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And there was one that was uh entertainment committee, van driver. I said, you know, that sounds cool. I can drive. And so I, I took the car down and went to this building. <laughs> When I walked in, this lady goes, well, it's been up there for three weeks. You're the only one that's come in. <laughs> have you got a valid driver's license? I said, yes, ma'am. I have a Kentucky, you know, and have you ever been in prison? I went, nah, never, never tried that. And, and she goes, you got the job. So your job is to pick up, um, professors that speak on our campus and any musicians. And I went, I, I got this. And uh, she said, I'll tell you when, what days to go. And you bring them from the, uh, Stapleton airport. Now it's DIA. I take him to this Holiday Inn, then you take him from the Holiday Inn over to the uh, uh, Mackey Auditorium, I think it's called, small place. And and then you take him back the next day, and I'm like, I got this. So I picked up this, I picked up a couple of economic professors or something. I didn't have a lot. I, I didn't have that kind of vocabulary. I, I, I didn't do well in the van talking to these to these cats. But I picked up this band. She told me Manassas, and they were playing on the. They had just released a, a double album, 1971, I think, and. And I, the guy in the band, uh, the, the guitar player, uh, told me his name was Chris. 
and he asked me if I was interested in this kind of life, and I went no. And he goes, but you know, uh, it's it, it's it being it would be a roadie, and I'm like, what the hell's a roadie, yeah. right? Fifty two years later, <laughs> uh, anyway, man. He says, I, I like your I like your vibe, and his name. He said, I'm Chris Hillman, and I said, yeah. And he goes, Chris Hillman from the Birds. I wrote Rock and Roll Star. Helped write Eight Miles High. What? He said, I'm not playing bass in this band. Fuzzy Samuels was playing bass. So he, he, he kind of showed me uh, how to string, stretch, guitars, you know. So that was pretty much the beginning for me. I, I owned a, a Martin, a D28, 1970s. I, when I was in, in Cincinnati at uh, my first school, Xavier, I went to Xavier because it was close to Kentucky and I didn't want to go too far in a parochial school. You know, I want to continue that that theme and uh i used to go to concerts uh i was a concert going guy and and they have a play had a place called the taft auditorium small theater and i went to see crosby nash and it was their wind on the water i guess tour and i was fascinated i was i didn't know much acoustic at that time i I owned the csn album and uh when I, i went to this concert with my with my roommate dude and after the concert, we just went up and stared at these long-haired guys that were wrapping up cables and stuff. And I'm like, check that out, you know? And uh, and this 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 one guy said, you guys go to, you live here? And we, yeah, we go to Xavier. And he says, well, this is our last show. And David is letting go. He, he, uh, we're, we're taking a couple of his guitars, which I'd never heard of this kind of stuff. He didn't say a pawn shop, but there's some buyer and my friend said, well, he's he's looking for a guitar. I, this guy tried to show me some stuff yeah. in, his, in our dorm room and stuff. I said, yeah, yeah. And anyway, the next day, we went to this place where they were going to sell uh, these two instruments for, uh, I'll never know why, that, uh, but, and they were Crosby's uh, D28. And, uh, and, I, and I had $300 on me, and he was asking $350. And he, and he let me have it for $300. So I've had it. It's been on quite a few tracks of, uh, that I brought it to sessions yeah. and stuff. And, uh, it, it, and so anyway, that, that I never been in a band, never wanted to be in a band. I wanted to be a, a really good tennis player, but the Lord just didn't gift me, gift me yeah. that much talent. So anyway, man, I just, uh, I kept going and Manassas broke up and, and there was a band called Firefall that was from Boulder. And that's why I was, I'm still based out of there. And, um, I worked with them and then we, and that's where the exposure came. We opened for Fleetwood on the whole rumors tour and we opened for the minute by minute, the Doobie Brothers tour and we opened mega festivals, you know, but it was the Fleetwood Mac tour that, uh, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay's wrote, Lindsay Buckingham's roadie, uh, said, man, if you, if you stay after your 30 minutes of your band playing, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you more about, and I, I, I never knew how to get better at, at, at what I did or learn more. I had, yeah, a, I had an artist showing me yeah. that, that, that ain't going to work. So Ray would let me sometimes walk out and hand Lindsay, uh, on, on, uh, was so afraid, I think, or, or after, or after go your own way, I, I got to take the next guitar and then I watched him. His prep, you know, before shows. I just didn't know how to do any of that, yeah, yeah. and that's how I learned. Is as I was, I was blessed with uh, those kind of opportunities. Instead of you know, I never worked in a guitar shop. Most cats that I've worked with over the years 
have started as friends. Pearl Jam cats, their their friends started being their roadies. Uh, what uh, Almond Brothers was uh, definitely their friends, and they didn't. They, if I may, it's, it's a bit generalized and stereotype, but they saw it as meeting chicks and you know maybe staying high or whatever and not yeah. working in a factory. And I can you know I, I I dug that. I mean I can dig that, but I just wanted to keep. I wanted to get with a big, a big, big band. And cause I didn't know once I left college, if I was going to put food, how I was going to put food on, on my table, I didn't know. And I was a, a, a bit of a framer. I, I could frame on construction sites, only walls. I wasn't a finished carpenter, but I said, well, I can do this, you know, but I was worried, man. And my, my parents were quite disappointed, you know, that I chose this. This uh, life, which they they didn't know would make a living, and yeah, and I'm sorry to go on so long. No, no, I get that, man. Like I, I, you're you're when I when I I came into this business late, but I met a cat. Do you know Steve Castro? I'm afraid he's, I don't. I think he's in Colorado now, but but he had, at the time he was with Sugarland. With with who? Sugarland. Is that right? And he, uh, I was new to this, and he saw me watching. He invited and what, what was the environment? What? what At a gig or something? Yeah, at a gig. I was with the opening act. Uh, same thing. Opening act. And I, I was watching him. And he called me over and he goes, you know, what do you do? I said, well, I'm, I'm the guitarist. And, and there's some guys that would go, hey, fuck off. You yeah, know? And and said, it was a job security thing. I'm not going to show you, but what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I've you, never you, understood that, man. But, but I mean, I'm, really, like, I, still really. think, I still think I'm new to this. Uh, you don't, you don't look, uh, when I watch you do your thing, man. With Adam Clayton and Stewart, you didn't look like you were. <laughs> but he invited me over, and I told him, I was "Like this is my first gig, and then I'm just kind of green." And he said, "Well, we're, we're going to do this for the next four weeks. Just hang out with me." And man, the, that's a kind, third, third a kind show, guy. man. He gave me a uh, three or four screwdrivers. He said, "Carol, these, this is what you need for every yeah, guitar." Man. And he said, "You know, this, this, this." He goes, "Have I, have I right, had a, right." And he took me under his wing, man, and he was just very kind. And we're still friends of this day. And he was very, um, very kind to a to a green. A horn, kind, yeah, so man. to speak, you know. And like, and I've run into cats who will. Let's it's an you, industry of, you, of job security yeah. and uh, even I, young cats, man. Even even and and, and they wouldn't label their their leads, their cables. Yeah, you know, color code them. They yeah. wouldn't cut because only I know how yeah. to plug this in. Well. It's in and out, man. I learned that. (laughs) You go in and you go out of stuff. And uh, and that's really cool. So that's cool to hear your story like that. And I have passed it on, man. Big, big acts I've been with. And there's been a support act, you know. uh, And and you you can pick up on cats that that it's for for real or, if I may, uh, transitional. And and which is more of this industry. It's transitional. You get in, you check it out, and you split, you know. But... I I tried to give back in that way, amen. But then to go, with Edge, from from <laughs> from from Pierre to Bopart, you know Keith Richards guy to Phil Taylor, uh, Gilmore's guy. Oh, these are these are my friends, and I would invite them. They come down and watch this what I do, and go. There's not enough money in the world to yeah. do what you do for him. I'm not boasting. It's that intense. You you cannot be a drinker, or a druggie, or whatever. You know. And, and fly and take care of the edge. You can't do it. It's, it's every song, as you probably watched me, you give, you give him sounds. 
his intro, his core, all, and he's counting on me, you know, up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like back in the day in the 70s with Don, Don Feld or whoever, where, I, you know, you could be on the side of the stage, you could smoke a cigarette, and once your stuff was working, your, your guy didn't have that many guitars. It didn't yeah. switch up. Uh-huh. So you just made sure your stuff was on. But that uh, there was quite a bit of ignorance to that. You really didn't know what was going on. You didn't until a problem happened because because these cats were self sufficient. They pushed their own pedals. You know, even the stills would drop tuning, drop his, you know, drop D. You know, and, but now you know you you get you hand, hand, hand him that. Yeah. Well, back then, I mean, a roadie was exactly what it is—a guy who just lugged the gear, unloaded, in, drove unloaded. it, drove it, got it there. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. In the Skinner days, that was right after the plane crash that I uh, I got a, a firefall open for them when there was Ronnie. It was uh, before Street Survivors when it was still Ronnie Van Zandt yeah. and Cassie and Steve Gaines. And the, I loved that that type of touring. It was real. wasn't tight. The, the set list weren't adhered to. Uh, Ronnie could read a crowd. And I lo- Gary Rosington, that's who I look, looked after. And... Blues could take a. I don't know if the listeners care about this. Take take a high uh, take the high B string and bend it up under the A. This kind of stuff, not to demonstrate. It wasn't about speed merchants, you know. Yeah. At the, Edge calls them speed merchants, you know. The cats like Steve I and yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Van Halen and stuff. That's but, a great term. But it wasn't about. It was blues, and and they pull out their cigarette, put it on the headstock, man. Put it under the strings on the headstock. Play the solo. Done. Take the okay. guitar. Take the cigarette back. Um, my point was, you 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 just drove it and got it there, and there weren't tuners yet. The con tuners hadn't even come out yet. They from Jacksonville, Florida, man. These these guys were punks, and and that and their parents, you know, didn't have great jobs, you know, as far as I was told. So they didn't want to work in the factories. They didn't want to in Jacksonville. So anyway, they didn't have Billy Powell yet. Uh, playing keyboard so they would take a tuning fork i think it was one tuning fork and gary uh leon would would bang it you know the bass player and put it in his teeth and it would resonate his skull for the a and he'd play the a and he'd hand it to gary and gary would hand it to alan alan collins that's how they tuned man yeah you know and i and then the cons came out you know the con tuners and i went everyone was like man now we now we cool you know (laughs) now <laughs> can do this until I went to see uh on the CSNY tour the seventy four uh, at the Wembley shows. I remember Neil Neil coming in and he had every, he had a con for each string, oh, you know man. each string, so he could just yeah because the con you had to switch yeah to switch string. it man it didn't I've got it was, an old it con was at not, home. not not chromatic man man I've got one at home it's, so it's, I'm uh, sorry to go off on these dude no no side no, no things man don't, I bet the listeners going is he going to get dude, on don't with it what? this is what we're doing man uh uh. What was it like, man? What looking after gear, watching Steve Gaines, man. He was from Oklahoma. You know, he was and a, I forgot how he got the gig. I think well, uh, Cassie's well, was Cassie, her brother, and she yeah, said, you know, maybe that's right. But his stuff was right. I mean, he could write, as I recall, and Same. he was badass. But and and you get in between those two giants, those two blues giants, Alan. I don't want to say get in, but you're gonna walk with, on stage with those two cats. And I said, who's gonna fit in? It was Ed King, you know. Yeah. Also, uh, he was an incense pep. Uh, remember the uh, Starberry alarm clock? That's where he came from. Incense yeah. peppermints. How he got that gig? I, I mean, how he got in with the, these guys? I'm sure there's books and people that know, but 
Anyway, Steve Gaines was a, 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 a much faster than, I don't know how to explain that, but I didn't know him very well. My, my dear friend who survived the plane crash, Clayton Johnson, he's the one that got me the gig. He was the production manager. And uh, Peter Rudge, I think, was the manager when the plane crashed. Uh, I won't go into that too much, but but Clayton gave me. A, 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 he said we're going to use a different producer after after the crash, and we're going to use because uh, it was Al Al Cooper, I think, that made their their first albums. Which yeah, I, I wasn't around for that. I was with Eagles then, but Al Cooper, uh, the, the LA guy. Yeah, man, who played on? Uh, remember on Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone? He played the organ or something. I heard this great story. But anyway, he said, we're, we're switching to Tom Dowd. And, and are you interested? And I went, yeah, yeah. I've heard about Tom Dowd. We did Franklin, you know, he was the cat, you know, and, um, and, uh, we went to Criteria and started making this album and Tom really took to me and he went, man, I'm making, uh, Derek and the Dominoes down the hallway. Uh, it's a lot of, Got a dope in that session. How about you over? And he, he would let me go with him and, and, and help with guitars or whatever in the control room. And he did it to Peach and he did, you know, um, anyway, it was, uh, him that, that I, I first learned about producers, you know, what they, how to, how to keep, he'd go over to Gary Rosington or Alan while they were in the room, man, while they're in the room, just jamming, you know, and they were just figuring, just playing and, and he'd go, and it didn't fit with with the song, but they were finding themselves. And he, as a producer, would go, he'd go, yeah, 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 no, 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 that's not, yeah. And he didn't go, stop, like some producers I've worked with now over the years, the many albums I've made, and stop, no, that's not what we're thinking. He knew how to keep the momentum, the positiveness up. These are guitar players, man. This isn't a symphony. And I just loved his, his, uh, he let him breathe. Him and Bill Simzik yeah. were, were, were two of my, my favorite producers. And, and uh, then Lanois and Eno with, for ambience and brilliance and, and that's twice about side shit like the mysterious ways guitar sound and coming from where you came from and then just hearing your journey, man, you never imagined any of this for yourself. I thought. Like most of my friends, like Red Dog was the crew chief of the Allman Brothers, right? And people like that. And, and you just saw as the bands, as the crews made the choices of trying to stay high and do the gigs, right? I saw money. They'd come off tours, whatever, and, and didn't have money. But I, I was, I, I was so concerned. I'm not going to make a living. Yeah. And this is a, 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 because ultimately you got in it to make a living. No, no. I just loved, I loved learning. I loved the learning about the guitar and about, and, and, uh, how one guitarist differed from another in a band and, and parts. And I, I was intrigued by that, but it was cash back then. $150 a week was Skinnerd or was, uh, most of those bands, Firefall that I mentioned, uh, Little Feet, whatever, it, you'd go to road manager's room and, and it'd be just stacks of, of cash on, on a bed and you'd sign your name. And the, the government didn't have it figured out yet for, for taxing the entertainment industry. I don't know about Sinatra's and all that, but, yeah. but, but the, so you, it was like money that you, you didn't pay taxes on, which not cool. Yeah. You know, later you got to help the country, man. But later on, they figured it out. So it was that, and I'd go take that cash, man, and go to a bank 
put it in local savings. And I just didn't know, you know, that it, 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 if after it was over, after the, that tour was over, would anybody call? Would anybody give me a shot? But as your name became, and, and this cat is drug free. That's how I got the Prince. The Prince call was because they, def, uh, Skip Johnson, he was the, he came from uh, Jefferson Airplane. He was the, and he gave me a shot at, at Prince and, uh, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, with you too, you, that was told by Paul McGinnis and, uh, Hedge never said anything, but no drugs in this thing, man. No, 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 no. So you're, you're a good fit. And then they also, and uh, not interrogated me, but at the interview, I was on the Joshua Tree 86. Uh, it was like, do you have a religious affiliation? Stuff like that. Never got asked any of this yeah, stuff with yeah. these other bands. A cat called. What kind of money you got? Let's go. But they, they wanted a certain, uh, type of, of crew person and, and that fit. And you listen to, as you well know, Bernie, you two song in God's country, whatever, uh, you still haven't found is a, uh, illusions that Lord, that he does to the Lord uh, yeah. or to the Bible or whatever you want to put it. And, I came from a, a Catholicism, a Catholic family. And as I said, Xavier, I didn't mind the whole, that whole thing. I got a little, <laughs> I don't mean to go off too long, but I, I didn't understand the stand up genuflecting all in an hour at a mass. I'll stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. I'm like, really? You yeah. know, I just yeah. want to think about uh, the cat's interpretation up there, you know, the gospel. I don't want, why do I got to stand up and sit down? Why does everybody got to, you know? Did the apostles do all this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that kind of ideology kept me in a different space, you know, different thing. And, and then the athletic, uh, mini athletic side. I mean, so I, I, I think I became a, uh, uh, not a measure, but wow, you know, that, that guy Dallas, you know, on days off or whatever, he doesn't, doesn't go to bars and hang out all day, which are, you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah. more of the industry than it's not, man. That's what cats it is, do. I, you know, the, the majority of the higher positions, the road manager, the production manager, the, if I may, especially the, in the Southern groups that I worked with, Marshall Tucker, blah, 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 you know, these other cats, but were cats that were, came out of prison and, and knew, and it's funny because the tattoos then, I remember some would be a cross or mom or yeah. something. But these were hardcore yeah. and, and they didn't have other ways to make a living, but they knew somebody, they knew the singer and they knew great Greg Allman or, or whoever. And, and they, you got a shot at it. And, but those were the kind of cats and they would say their names be like Bob Smith or some, they yeah. were running from the law, some of them. Yeah. But didn't mean they were horrible people and no. they couldn't teach me or things, but it was made up of this type of gypsy circle or, you know, characters, man. It wasn't yeah. straight up cats, you know? Yeah. Uh, not that I was, but I definitely, I definitely wasn't. But, uh, it, it was an interesting group, man. And there wasn't road, uh, there wasn't a real roadmap. I mean, I'm talking seventies of how to do things. You know, there were country bands and they had the tour buses before any, before the rock bands did the country cats because yeah. they would go do it like weekends or something and come back. And yeah, weekend warriors. So that's where the uh, his guy name was uh, Curly Jones. He, he did the buses for Marshall Tucker, Almonds, Southern groups. And, and, and then he had to start hiring drivers and it became touring, you know, touring, but, and you put together the tours, if I may, just by proximity of the towns, you know, you didn't, you didn't put it together with how strong 
you were uh, back then. How, how you were strong ticket selling or whatever. It was it was just no roadmaps, and you couldn't call. You you when I I became a, a stage manager uh, briefly with, with James Taylor, small two truck tour, and I learned. And you didn't have cell phones to man. We don't know where we are, man. Where are you? You had a promoter's home phone number yeah. and with direction. You turn left at the old schoolhouse, man. Yeah. You know when you come Go off past the exit, the Dairy yeah, Queen. I mean, shit like that. And <laughs> you had a band in the back, and they're they're like, I dug it that it was so. It, there's so much innocence and so much. It wasn't slick, you know. And yeah. and and think of these. I think of the world managers that were uh, John, John Courage was was uh, the cat with. Uh, Fleetwood Mac on the rumors tour, John Curry, English fellow, really good away. And all this cash, you'd see them settle. So these cashers would go back to hotel rooms. Think of that, you know, instead of direct deposits. And yeah. so Wires. there was this t- side of it as well, yeah. you know. Um, I, I remember them opening briefcases, you know, to, to pay my per diem or all the crew. Full of cash, like thousands of dollars, right? And from when you started to now, I mean, you've seen this industry progress from, you said, we'll call it uh, like an outlaw industry. Like very, very a lot well of put. cash, briefcases, you know. People that didn't fit in, in, in other categories. To yeah. what it is now, which is really oh, slick. Now it's slick, man. Now it's all business. Now it's slick. And, and it's, it's There's a lot of money on the savvy. table. You better know how to program now i know cats that still work with uh jimmy page's guy lionel uh good friend i met him on the the movie at mike it loud you know uh, his name's Lionel. beautiful guy uh beautiful family took me in london and that never went jimmy uh never uh zeppelin never went uh to my knowledge in those days to pro and nor were they around programmable effects and all this stuff but now i get calls um because of Edge uh, using uh, 16 fractals. And, uh, hey, man, you're, you're the fractal guy. Can you help me a little? And I do on the phone. I'll, I'll help a guy yeah. who's just getting it. Uh, and now there's so many bands, especially, and I don't want to say, but Journeys, Boston's, that they don't have any longer 18 semis with, with you know, 10 Marshall heads and yeah. 10 412. Now they want to they the kind of places they play or whatever and a fractal and you don't have a lot of repair and it's it but is it sonically something for me no 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 i came from all that ac 30s and that especially yeah. uh, so i i like to hear in the air movement and a microphone i can hear that but but i don't know if the listeners or the ticket buyers any longer uh care about that yeah. you know yeah so you, yeah, it, now you better now you better be a little more multi uh, capable, you know, yeah. if I may. Uh, uh, when amps would break on Skinner, uh, we we used PVs, tweeds, two twelves. Uh, our, our Harley PV was named. He gave Skinner their first ever amplifiers. But when something would break, you just take it to Joe Schmo's guitar shop, and that's where. And uh, as I learned over uh, the years with Edge, with his main Vox, his main uh, gray panel sixties Vox. That it's full of mustard caps. It, they did. They took it before me. That's like this to some guy's shop, and he would have what he had. He put it yeah. in all uh, sound altering stuff, you know, and and it turned into this Frankenstein of a tremendous. All that, all those albums. Uh, War boy was this amp and said a compression. It had a little bit of grit. Not, I'm sure originally it didn't, but it, it would react. And he he that was his sound, especially on. And you could hear that 
and we'd try other amps. We'd bring other amps as spares and nothing. It was pretty much like that. And it was a result of all this. Yes. Like, yeah. This yep. piece here. Yep. Piece here. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Because cat, cats didn't know and you didn't carry a cat back then. Now the Stones do. We used to. Well, we still do with rap. Yeah. Cows, carry a cat that, that, that can solder and, and fix amps, man. Yeah. Uh, and that's especially valve amps, you know. Uh, but you just took it to a place. When did you see the shift in changing from amps wow. to analog wow. to dialing pedals to a uh, Okay, wow, that's digital. You know, when when did, um, when you saw that shift, did you tell yourself, "I got to learn it"? Or definitely, I said that to myself. But my colleagues, they do fuck. You know, we went. I don't want to use this stuff with him. I don't want to use this digital stuff. Did they think it was like a fad? Like, oh, it'll come and go. It was threatening. It was threatening. Uh huh. You know, what's a chip inside of a chassis? I don't know how. To, so now you start thinking you're not confident and. You can't represent this piece on stage because it's it's all it. But you either get get out of the way, man, or dig it. You know, yeah, start learning. Yeah. That's why I saw it. But the but I, I think with Edge is when and the same, and then uh, meeting this cat Peter Cornish, uh, Andy Summers is uh, yeah, and I, I, and DS's Steve Howes. That was the first first switcher that that I'd ever seen before. Uh, his capability of independent looping instead of just chaining up pedals. So Edge, it, it was so cool. Uh, when I met him and I went into that, it was a, called the factory where they rehearsed in Dublin on, and they were in between legs. And apparently Edge was un, unhappy. I didn't ever get into details with his existing cat that he had, you know. Uh, but somehow it wasn't it wasn't a good chemistry, and they he gave me a shot at it, but. He was the first cat that I ever, that didn't have pedals on a board, you know, uh, distortion, phaser, you know, the basic stuff, burning, you know, all this stuff. But he had this thing called a 2290 Echo, right? And and it was coexisting with the Echo that he made the records with. He told me me Memory Man and the Korg STD 3000. So this 2290 had a board piece that you could hit a pedal and it would and it had four loops on it so this was the beginning of my ever what and and edge could make presets with these loops yeah. now 39 <laughs> loops later 39 effects mm -hmm. right that was the beginning and i just dug uh his uh intention you know of coloring not just distortion wham and coloring and it was edge that that it scared me because I don't know what's inside this 2290. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's here. Yeah. But but I became familiar with it through uh, Bob Loney was their guy, then their systems tech, if you will, and amp repair guy. And he he showed me, you know, how it really works. But funny enough, Edge knew, and to this day, he knows his signal path. I mean, he he'll come down under the stage. <coughs> so isn't this going into this? So the sequence of events, Dallas is right. This this. I mean. That, you know, it didn't, it's, happen, it's, it didn't happen know, in the day. You saying that because a lot of cats don't know what the hell's going no, on in their room. No. They trust that guy down there. Yep, like, yep, yep. It works. It sounds good. If yep. I need and changes, have you got another one? Can, if yeah. there's a problem, you don't have another one with Edge. It is so, so complex. You'd never be able to throw a pedal board down and him get through a gig. You better have a plan as you go. Even in yeah. gigs, even in gigs now. You know, 39 years later with him, 
uh, and he's playing a certain song where the streets have no name or whatever. And I'm thinking, if, if this, if the guitar goes off, of course, I got another guitar. If the echo, do I have another one ready at that preset? All this stuff. And, and if I may, if you're, you know, if your listeners are even entertaining the idea of being a, a touring guitar dude or a bass dude, whatever, I don't know about drums, but to me, that's what, what got me through most of the most awful scenarios is plan B. Screw plan A. That's a given. What if it goes down, man? And with this band, the pressure, how many bands of, of this level of entertainment, stadium level, has one guitar player, like George Harrison or, you know, or one guitar player? So the pressure, you better keep that guy going. Yeah. And, I, and we've had conversations. Bono said, if, what, what are we going to do if Edge goes down? I mean, like, really goes down. Well, you're going to have to come off stage. What? You have to come off stage. This is that client until I figure it out. And I will figure it out. And with Rab's help, whatever. But yeah. there's no, he's off. Well, let's just take another pedal up there. You yeah. know, it's that complex. So yeah. my point here is plan B. Always have a plan B and always check once in a while that that plan B is working. <laughs> like, <laughs> like dead in. batteries or, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway, that I, I think I'd emphasize that when I've spoken at, I've spoken at Berkeley, I've spoken at, I'm not, I'm not trying to boast here, but when I speak to the theater, theater departments and I put up my slides of my, of Yes or Prince's Rig or Edge's Rig or Andy Summers' Rig, I say, you see this? You better have someone that can run this and, and, and please don't go this route because it just goes on and on and on, you know, yeah. it goes on and on and on and you're relying on electronics, man, you're, you're relying. I mean, it might sound like we didn't rely on electronics in the Skinner days, or whatever. Yes, you did, but not, you had 10 pedals, right? Yeah. 10 boss SE ones, whatever they, uh, SD ones, whatever. They, they didn't, they didn't have too much, but so that was, but these rigs, God knows where the failure is in the signal chain and you got to fix it as quick as you can. And, as I say, one guitar player, you better, you got to keep him going. You got to yeah. keep him on. And, and with Walsh, some other, uh, I was with Mr. Span, Mr. Mr. Steve Ferris, great guitarist. I don't know if you're, uh, anyway, I can remember those two particular employers keep one belt pack in their pocket with a lead. Give them the next guitar, plug it in, yeah. unplug it. So you, you know, the potential for disaster or failure is very limited, not, not edge. That, let's just say him, every belt pack, every belt pack of that particular source, the Rickenbacker 12, the Strats, you know, the Falcon, whatever, he is dialed in the way it hits the front of that rig. If it hits too hot, you back off, you know, the, the pack. You can't back off the guitar because yeah. you want the full tone. So it, it, it's, that's a nightmare in itself. It's so specific. You know, the, and it's attached to the guitar strap, you know, as, as many guys do, but every guitar is tuned by him to hit that rack the way he wants it to. So you can't just, if you're in trouble, grab another pack or grab, you, you got to grab similar guitars that I used to bother him with for spares. Edge, I know you're busy, but is this, is this going to be acceptable? This one here, you know, oh, it's not really, I'm like, I know, but 
I, I, I'm not going to get the chance of it's not quite, you know, it's got to be it. But anyway, that, that it has introduced 18 guitars with specific outputs for each transmitter, you know? Yeah. You're talking a fireball that, <laughs> you know, anyway, I, I don't want to scare myself or scare people. <laughs> you gonna, but, are you going to be okay, Dallas? Dude, I'm telling you, I tell you what's funny, Bernie, is after gigs with Edge, after gigs with Edge, and the union comes, like on a proper tour, not this residency thing, but the union comes right away, the Jake, Jake or whatever production manager, Opie, whoever signs to your department, these cats are ready and they want to start casing up, you know, casing up, loading you out. I'm, I sit on the steps really often trying to decompress. It's been two hours of running this guy and yeah. tuning all these guitars. So weird. I can't get my head back into Ricky Rody. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. It, yeah. It, uh, it's it's and i take notes edge is a note guy man after every gig almost he yeah. takes the set list on his tour bus or his private plane whatever and he writes down about the guitars and writes down you know too too quick a tuning or or you move the the chorus sound too slow or you i mean it it means that much to him this guy is the is the real deal. I've never worked for an artist that it means so much. His sound come to that PA and to make it better, make it better. However, as his hired guy, it, it can become a little too much, you know, I can uh, a lot that. of times. But anyway, uh, I, 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 at the loadouts, I can't hardly get into it. I need, I need like 15 minutes to clear my head and people might go, dude, let's. <laughs> What's the matter with you? And I'm like, it's that intense. Yeah. It is that intense. And on top of that, you deal with the, uh, everyone knows you just as well as they know him. <laughs> the, they're, the they're, calling, thing. they're calling your name. I know, man. I, which is flattering. I started that reaching out to people, talking to them. I, I, I equated it when I was a kid in Kentucky and these bands come three dog night, grand funk, grand world. These are probably groups that a lot of listeners go, who the hell is he talking about? But I remember standing in line to buy a ticket or sending away to Freedom Hall or to the venue. You'd send your money and then they'd send the ticket back in the mail. And, yeah. and, and I remember going to the gigs and all you'd see was this production, which was probably nothing, probably a front and back truss, the <laughs> A stacks, probably local. And I remember thinking, God, if I could just say hello to Jimmy Greenspoon, the guitarist for Three Dog Night or Santana, Color Santana, uh, when Santana came through. And I could just say, and it, it, and you know, you walk off stage and they're gone, you know, getting their limos and they're gone. So you, so I started thinking with you two, with Edge, I'm the closest thing they're ever going to get, you know, and yeah. why not go say hello? Why not make it a little more of a complete experience, if I may? And, mm. and what's he like? He's a great guy. He, I saw him looking over at you. Yeah, we had some problems. Yeah, yeah I saw him like, he wasn't happy. No, he wasn't. You know? What's that like, Dallas? It's not fun. Yeah. You just hope you'll figure it out for the next gig. But these these people, you know, the punters, they, some of them, and so many nerds, guitarists. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not Rush, I mean, that they're asking about, but, but they hear Edge's sonic, you know, beautiful sounds that he, he's created. And, and they anything you can tell them, man. I just started playing guitar. What is this main? You got an echo unit? No, better buy an echo unit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love talking to him. It gets in the way of the loadout. 
you can hear Jake going, hey, come on, you know, but yeah. I'm still, I'm still trying to talk to him or give yeah. him a, give him yeah. a pick or something. But if I, if I could have had that, it means that, everything to that, to does. that it young changes. person, you know, you know. It means everything. Yeah. And they'll take that pick for the rest of their lives, yeah. man. I've been in homes where I've given some pick back on the pop tour or something and somebody didn't get framed with a light on it and shit. Yeah. just a pick. Yeah. But, or a picture of my giving them a pick. Now you can document that, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's a good feeling, Bernie, isn't it? It's a good feeling that you, you didn't just blow in. Thank you for the money. Yeah. Thanks for the tickets. We're out of here. You know, you, you give back a little bit, you know? You have to, man. Then, you said earlier guy. that, uh, when he brought you in, you were afraid you couldn't deliver. Are there times now that you're still afraid you can't deliver? No, you not know, anymore. You know, you not anymore. Because of the chemistry now, like any, like I'm sure you know, just just turning of the head or mm -hmm. look down at his controller, I can almost tell with my monitor now underneath the stage, if he's looking at a certain part of his controller, he's questioning that that event in his preset, that that echo or that distortion or what. And so you, I immediately start looking at that uh, yeah. down in the racks, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, uh, he's not wrong. He doesn't ask for stuff or say something's failed and he's wrong. He's never wrong. Yeah. He's correct. Yeah. He's correct. Now, now where it starts falling apart, if I may, or watching him, watch him, watch him when Bono starts talking. Those are the worst times when, <laughs> when, when Bono starts saving the world up there and that gives Edge a chance. Turn on his tuner, look at his intonation, and pretty soon, this is in a gig, man. Not sound check. This is in a gig. And I'll see the head shake a little bit, and I know, oh, I'll be looking at that guitar tomorrow. 12 strings, you know, 12 string, checking intonation? Are you kidding me? That's Edge. And 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 time it just right. When Bonner goes, Edge, you know, let's start the song. All right, one, two, three, Edge. And he's and he's out of edge mode and yeah. back into plan, you know. Yeah. But I tell you, man, it's it's not for the weak, no. but it's also exhilarating. It's intoxic, yeah, intoxicating because you're part of that success. I I I would say to you, my gigs are not about did the band get them off, did the setlist get them off, did Edge is playing. It's it's a class. That all his stuff works for twenty three songs. Yeah, that's crazy. Two hours. Yeah, and you, if you look at Edge, ninety percent of the time he's that's not right. A lot of percent of the, he's staring down at his massive control, which I have the slaves to, and he, he's seeing if it's all on. And I know he's evaluating. He's downloading. Yeah, I can hear that echo. It says, "Set." I stored an echo. I can hear it. I can. But it's a class. You know how many guys do this for a living? That it's a class. That all, if all their stuff worked from song, or if I gave him the right sounds, I don't know how to explain it. It's no. a love between us. It's not about the fun meter no. in the show, which is crazy. I came from the fun meter, you know? <laughs> People had fun. Or, hey, did you see that chick in the fifth row? Yeah, man, on guitar exchanges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not edge, you yeah. know? Next guitar, check immediately. The tone is on three and a half on the neck. Five on her, you know, this is Edge. And he checks it as quick as he can. And you want to always go, got it, man, huh? Huh? But there, but there's not between it. It's just understood. I get the call for the next tour or I don't. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh it's it's a class to me. And it's uh I don't know how many cats would say that, you know. 
I mean, there's a lot of cats younger than than both of us that think they have it all figured out, and they they don't feel like and they I've have met anything them. else to learn. I've met them, and yeah. and I think you remember my first day on this gig. I walked over to you and I said, "Hey, it's a pleasure to meet you." You did indeed, and I went, "Man, uh, is that what I do? I, I haven't had the call to replace a cat or to add on, on a backline crew. I haven't. I mean, and and when you did that, I, I'm pretty good." evaluator of of people and i said i think this man is the real deal he's not coming over you know and you not name dropping how many tours have i done with ken you know i just did and they do it in front of edge or whatever wrong guy wrong to be named well i just came off of the you know flock of seagulls or whatever tour uh and he's listening to you but you came across with genuineness bernie thank you man and and by the way i don't know if you you probably don't know this but I keep the curtain open on my side of the stage, to, and I can see you guys, you and Stuart, and all the, all the bases. And I, I look sometimes very quick, and and your attentiveness, your attentiveness is what I'm about. Well, thanks, man. You know, and and sound check, little stuff. A biggest band is this. I want to say to the listener, be there for line checks. Don't be out bringing your chick in the back door. Or eating and catering too long. Be there. There's a lot of people that are making that moment. Now, I don't know if people know this, how on this level of entertainment, even though you do a sound check before a show, baby, with, you know, a $100, $1,800 ticket, yeah. you, this stuff better work. Yeah. You know? And, and it, as it should be. And that, you know, we all do our line check and you're on time. Yeah. And you're, you know, well, so-and-so's not here. The first thing when I hear that is... That was years ago, that kind of stuff. And nobody did, like I said, nobody did line checks after sound check. No. Stuff worked, man. Yeah. You know, worked at sound check. All these years, being on tour buses, and they, especially the younger people, uh, guys, girls, whatever, you know, we, we went from Oklahoma to Miami in six hours. We barely made it. We threw this stuff up. Couldn't do sound, and we did it. I've been hearing those kind of stories, and 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 you, but they're exciting to that person. But yeah. you know, man, it's been going down for years, yeah. and and you save the day, you know, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the other night was a perfect example of olden days for me when Edge, a uh, beautiful day, last song of the damn set list, right? I'm. I'm covering my, I'm still watching him. Yeah. Covering my stuff up. No, you're going to come over and help me. And, you know, and all of a sudden I hear, you know, no, not on the Explorer. It's a slam dunk. Explorer to my echo unit, to the amp, right? Come on. And I, and I'm like, no, no. Here he is, side of the stage, plan B. I had a Les Paul and he's, he's swapping out a Explorer humbuckers, you know, yeah. So I need another humbucker. And I got a spare Explorer over there. But uh-uh, this is right here. It's in tune. Turned the transmitter on and prayed that the problem, and I mean prayed, I, I do pray before shows and give thanks. And for not that not that I pull it off, that these 18 or 80,000 people get to hear a show of Edge playing his bits. Yeah. Please let it all work. Let all the machines work. Anyway, here comes Edge the other night, just calmly taking his guitar off. Now, Bono's up there singing Streets With No Name or Beautiful Day with a bass player and a drummer, right? You don't have Edge, you know. And I grabbed that, that's Paul. I'm not boasting here. I'm saying, emphasizing again, 
be ready. Yeah. Be, handed it to him. Didn't know if the switcher had failed. I don't know what went wrong, but just prayed I'd just done two hours yeah. with the system working. And he had time to turn up his volume and press his core sound. And it came on. Now, there's cats that think that's a fantastic roadie save. It's not a save. Is I was I was ready. Yeah. I was ready and I got lucky. Yeah. And and there's videos of it uh that everyone's been sending to me. It just shows him off coming over to the side of the stage and me handing him a guitar and he, and it's on. It's almost looked like it was choreographed. Almost you know? looked yeah. like routine. But, I was a routine. But, thing, but it's yeah. funny stuff, Bernie. Even after this many years with him, that stuff still fails. It's going down the road in a semi, bouncing around. And stuff happens. It's not going to happen to that microphone of Bono's probably, you know, but it can happen in this department, you know, and just be ready and check your stuff all the time, man. What happened the other, uh, not the opening night. Remember, you were there. Streets with no name, for God's sake. That's our honky-tonk woman. (laughs) That's our jumping jack flash. Started and then off. Now, wait a minute. Another simple signal path. Strat, echo, compressor amp wait a minute could not get this controller i'm trying to switch it he's watching me turn on other amps you know they're in the loops anything turning that echo off turning that echo off. nothing nothing i am in real trouble here and he keeps playing the riff he's off he keeps playing and does he start yelling or something like some old employers or some shit no he knows there's one cat that's going to maybe get him working and yeah. 80,000 people in this building, and that's me. So what do I do? I said to myself, and Rab's people, and now I get monitor people. He's off, really. And, you know, what do I do? When did I last have a Strat Echo amp sound in this set list? Pride and name of love or whatever. Boom, 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 boom. Hit the button. Sound came on, Right. And enough edge. I don't think it's the right delay. Delay time. I push him up the steps. 20,000 people don't give a flying. (laughs) You're on, man. And Bottle's not going to kill me as hard as that you came back on. But it was was luck. And it was, again, uh, signal troubleshooting as fast as I could. Yeah. And this massive rig that you can't get to anything. It could be a cable. You, know, you don't have time, buddy. And just the Lord, the universe, let it happen. Yeah. Let me think what he's playing. This is a big song. When did he last have a Strat yeah. and an Echo in this show that he was on? Thank God it came on, Bernie. Yeah. You know? And then you think about him when we're talking about it. Think about him up there. For the 20,000 people playing a song he not, wrote yeah. and his shit is off. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think? You think he, he he's enjoying that moment? What would you, I mean, you'd be like, you're kidding. Yeah. You're kidding. Two hours we've done this thing and this guitar is off. What has my tech done? What has he done down? He's going to drink a beer or some shit, you know, or why? But Bernie, yeah, give I'm picks. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so long-winded. I, no, man. I know I am. I know, and fine, I don't mean man. to be, man. Um, This is a stupid comment or question. You still love doing this, don't you? That's not a quick answer. I answer this with things I've just told you, what it takes to take care of this guitarist. So it's hard. I'm not, I'm 70 years old. Yeah. I'm not 20. And I'm running up steps, 14 steps and back down for seven, nine pound guitarists, right? Things can happen, right? Even though I'm in shape, 
So when you ask me something like that, in my head, I go to my land on my swimming competitions, how much I love that, how that's where my life has kind of gone to. The guitar thing, the, the, the being in the tour buses and hearing the same type of predictable conversations, Dancer. which I was part of that for a yeah. hundred years. It, it, I, I think of my homes and where I'd rather be. Um, and not be in this three-star hotel or four-star and looking at the ceiling uh, only uh, only because I've achieved and been blessed with the success I've had. Yeah. So when someone goes, do you still love it? I still love the two hours. Do I love the load-ins and the catering and hanging around? No, I don't. What Was that a, just something I was I didn't pay attention to? Yep, for years and years. Just happy to be there, man. And, yeah. you know, friends come to the show and the, it now it's, I don't want to say it's a job, but I pretty much only love and have passion for the actual performance hours, not the lifestyle anymore. Well, Dallas, I, I, I appreciate it. I hope you can edit this down because I think people are going to go, you know, we don't no, want to hear man, this shit, no, man. You what, know, you, what is I, it all about? I, uh, if we go back to when I came on and I came and introduced myself, but what everything you've talked about, everything we've gone through has brought us here. Me talking to you. And wow, you man. To me. And dude, I love you, man. You know, like Bernie back at you, back at you, man. And that's a thing we didn't, we didn't say to each other for you. We didn't say that kind of stuff to another dude or whatever you didn't say, but now I don't know if it's because of my age. Um, I like letting someone know that that I that you know, they mean a lot to me. Uh, it I, it was just another day. It seemed like for years, and 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 you, you didn't take time to yeah, get to know a, another road. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, this is what we do. But, you know what? But it, now, it, I think society had 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 beaten down men to not say it to each other. Perhaps, the, the other before perhaps. the first show the other night, it was kind of stressful. Everybody, the first show back, and AJ was walking by me, and I grabbed him. And I said, I love you, man. And oh he's like, God. he got all teary eyed. He goes, right, man? We don't fucking say that to each other enough. You know, man. You know, because he was stressed. That is cool. You're letting the, uh, the listener hear this. But, uh, uh, it's, it's, man, it's, it's an honor for me to be on this gig. It's an honor for me to talk to you. I told Donnie that the other day. I'm sure people get tired of hearing me say that. Uh, there's cats in this industry, like you said yourself, Rogan. That the people, you hear that name and it's, it's automatic respect. Yes, sir. So to be yes, side by side and go into fucking battle with you every night. Uh, Bernie, that's it, a very, it, very really nice cool, compliment. Man. Not necessary. Um, no. I think some of our attraction to each other beyond you got hired, you got your deal, you got hired, you got your deal, is we're in the trenches with this, this particular massive production that it better, you, it better work. Your stuff better work. Because, and so we share the success of it, or when we're in the trench and something's not, we share, I've been there, man. I've been there with my shit off yeah. in front of 80,000 people. And and you, n no, no longer, if that happens and I'm on a tour, do I look over and go, man, I go, I I pray that they that they figure it out as, as quick as they can, because I know what that's like. Yeah. I know what, and it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Now, did I do that in the seventies and stuff? Your shit is off. Nice, you have to work Good it. luck, man. You know, <laughs> you know, no, I'm working, baby. Yeah. Anyway, Bernie, I, I've enjoyed this as well. And, uh, thank you, man. I don't do this 
I don't do this because I don't think anybody gives a rat's about this roadie's story. They I, do, man. I, I, they and, do. And, I, I'll tell you, people care about what we do, what, you know, cats like you do. You are, you know, I think your name is synonymous with the edge and um, for good reason. Thank you, this, Bernie. What we do here, uh, we, we call it Is Breakfast Included? So this really? is the last question. Uh, if we were having breakfast, yeah. what would you have? I'm an Eggs Benedict guy. Eggs Benedict. I love Eggs. I've, I've heard the story about it. It was a, uh, back in the 1800s, <laughs> a lady named Benedict. Her name was Madame Benedict. And, and she went to the same cafe in New York, little place. The guy made the end. And one day she said, can something do something different? Can you, besides scrambled eggs or something? I've, I've Googled this, man. And, and the dude went, well... I can, and let me try this and put a little cayenne and a Canadian bacon piece and, and that it was named after her, uh, uh, eggs Benedict. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, that's my, my favorite. Um, I, I, I would sort of say I really believe in as many bottles of water that you can drink in a day. And I wasn't raised, we were raised with chocolate milk and, and, uh, Coca Cola and all, but right. I just want to say that that I found that to be, Keeps my head really clear for gigs and stuff. Is the is the is the amount of water I drink? But uh, it, again, breakfast. What what's it called? Is breakfast included? No kidding, man. Yeah. How'd you come up with that? You know, that's the first thing we check into a hotel, right? Dude, right, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. I missed that one. It's funny you bring the water up, and then it will, we'll we'll finish this up. You <laughs> says drink. Uh, my partner Lisa, who does this, like we'll be talking about something. And then before we hang up, she'll say, "Hey, make sure you drink a lot of water today." Isn't that something? Man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, so, as we get, we didn't say that we were, no, we no, were no, kids, no. man. But, uh, no, but. I, I, I'm looking forward uh, to meeting your family one day, cool. Bernie. I really am. You will. You're you a will. good cat, and I am intrepid about now that we have a final date, uh, March second, uh, that I might not see you uh, or Donnie. Or it's weird. You, it's it's, it's another thing that the view the listener should realize we we lived together for a couple of years even on these big tours and it's amazing when it when it's over the chances of you remaining a friendship with yeah. these people is very small and yet you lived with them day in yeah. and day out yeah. and you yeah. think that it's and it's amazing it's such a diversified industry that that person's going to get another job with catering or what we do at backline and you might not see them yeah. again or well, I, or well, you make the efforts, and you really— I guarantee you, you are going to hear from me all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. It's good talk with you, Dallas. God bless. There you go. Dallas Shoe. You know, Dallas doesn't really talk to a lot of people about what he talked to us about. Uh, so I really appreciate that, man. Um, like I said, I've got to spend a lot of time with him. He's one of the guys that I really looked up to. Uh, you just heard about this cat. And um, to call him my friend now and to share time and to— break bread with him is, is really cool to me. If you happen to see him at one of his shows, either whether it be with U2, the Eagles, uh, Pearl Jam, any of these bands that he works for, stick around because you will meet him. Uh, Dallas is really big on going out and saying hi to the fans afterwards, giving you a guitar pick, saying hello, uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, all that good stuff. Check out our website, isbreakfast.com. You can link to our YouTube channel. 
Uh, it's brand new. It's not that old. I think it's uh, four, three, four weeks old. Thank you, Lisa, for putting that up and getting every episode of IBI on there. Uh, make sure you subscribe, you like, and, and leave a comment, preferably a good comment, not a bad comment. Um, you can connect to our podcast. We're on all streaming platforms, Spotify, YouTube, Google, YouTube. I just talked about YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and then visit our store. Buy one of our limited ox blood is breakfast included t-shirts. Check them out. Uh, we might have some new stuff coming in and then we might not. I don't know. I think the stuff we have up is really cool. Anyway, guys, this is the first episode of the year, 2024. Lisa and I would like to thank you, all you guys, for listening and hanging in there with us. Uh, we got a lot of cool things planned, a lot of good things coming our way. And uh, we're hoping 2024 is an amazing year for us. All right, guys, I'm done. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week.